Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. I have another fantastic interview. We're almost a little late getting started. Not that you're going to know that, but I'm connecting with somebody I've known for a very, very long time. We're both from the GKIC Planet Dan Kennedy world. His name is Craig Simpson. He is the owner of Simpson Direct based out of Grants Pass, Oregon. So he is on the other side of the country from where I am. His direct marketing uh, company manages almost 300 different direct mail promotions each year. Craig's knowledge of direct marketing techniques has helped him become the nation's leading expert in direct mail marketing. He's the author of the Direct Mail Solution and the Advertising Solution published by Entrepreneur. And you can connect with him at SimpsonDirect.com, simpson direct Dot com. Craig, how are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I think we both connected at about 2008 time frame. I was trying to think. I think Mike Capuzzi introduced <laughs> me to Dan Kennedy back in like 2006 or seven. I think. And, wow. Um, yeah, it's been that long. Gosh, that's like 13 or 14 years ago. Holy smokes. I know. I know. It has been a long time. And I want to say that's around the same time I got connected to Dan. Must have been... Um, 06 or 07, somewhere in there. And I remember, um, if I'm wrong, you don't have to correct me because it'll sound good for you, but I remember seeing your name like almost in every issue or every other issue of the newsletter. And did you have like a couple chapters or guest spots in some of the books that came out? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I really got connected with Dan and he liked what I was doing with direct mail. So he promoted me often and I got to contribute to a bunch of his books. Um, some, may, some books were only a sentence or two. Others were a chapter. And then he um, contributed to a book, or actually co-authored with him, uh, the Direct Mail Solution book. Uh, so, yeah, I've been real fortunate to, to cross paths with him many times. That's awesome. So he co-authored the Direct Mail Solution. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we, I mean, we didn't write it actually together. He wrote mm-hmm. a couple chapters, and I wrote a bunch of chapters, and we combined them and then reviewed each other's stuff and then called it good. So it wasn't like we sat there side by side and wrote it, but uh, the book is from both of us, and we both um, you know, contributed different sections of it. Well, that's, a, that's awesome. I remember thinking you know, when I first got in that world, and I mean, there were so many, so many people that, that Dan was talking about at the time, and I'm like, God, they're like celebrities, you know, because they're always <laughs> mentioned in the newsletter. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. I certainly know how to manufacture celebrity these days. But I just remember, God, Dan writes about him in the newsletter, and there, you know, I think there was Matt Fury, all these people that um, were being written about and mentioned in books. And I think it's just a huge lesson there. It's a really valuable lesson about what it what it means when you kind of create celebrity and and put your stake in the ground. Exactly. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's uh, one of the greatest ways to promote your business, you know, and having people see you as the expert and the guru, then you become the guy or gal that, that people want to do business with. So I think it's extremely valuable to find a way to become the celebrity in your niche. 
part of my backstory that I share is, you know, when I tell people you need to invest in yourself, when I was like dead broke and hugely in debt, I, I said yes to exhibiting at a GKIC event when I, after learning from Dan and Bill, I became the newsletter guru. And um, that's when I created No Hassle newsletters and things like that. I remember being so nervous. <laughs> that I had a big banner in my, it was not a high tech booth. I had a big banner and I don't know what else, but the newsletter guru had a caricature and I was like, man, Dan and Bill really understood the power of the printed newsletter. And the reason I, I made that investment was about 7,500 bucks altogether because Bill was, Bill was not generous with his booth space. It's like five grand no. just, for, just for the blank space, right? But everything else on top of that, so it was a very big investment. And I remember um, thinking that, wow, these guys are such believers in the printed newsletter and direct mail that I don't have to convince anybody to do a newsletter. I just want them to know I can make it easier for them. So that, that was a big leap for me. And I think with what you're doing, Craig, in the, in the direct mail world, I don't know, when, when I, whenever I get uh, introduced to somebody, oh, Jim knows a lot about newsletters. I go, well, how often should I email? <laughs> you know, it's like everybody's going to email thinking that's the oh, yeah. panacea. But in, I mean, direct mail, I'm sure you probably have similar conversations like that. Oh, 100%. You know, it's funny because I'll get people, you know, calling me occasionally and say, hey, can you help me get this list? And I'll look and I'll find this list. And it's like, then they find out it's physical addresses. I'm like, well, what did you want? They're, well, we wanted an email list. I'm like, yeah. oh, you know, <laughs> well, what kind of response rate do you want from that or open rate? You know what I mean? It's, it's just night and day difference when you think about it, um, what kind of open rate you get with email versus uh, direct mail. So, yeah, I mean, the world today, a lot of people are really hung up on, on email, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, it keeps the mailboxes open. And it keeps less people out of them. And so those that are in the mailbox have less saturation, less competition. And, and so I'm okay with it. Go ahead and do your email. Exactly. <laughs> it keeps it open for me. What's the most important part of doing a successful direct mail campaign? I mean, you know, a lot of small business owners think about, well, you got the, you caught, you got the cost of printing and, and the, the mail house and postage and everything else. So they're, they're weighing one versus the other. And, and, you know, I think today if you get like a 4%, if, God forbid you get a 5% open rate through your email, you're like a rock star. And I'm like, right. well, the only way to get 100% deliverability is to put it in their physical mailbox, right? You're at least going to receive it. That's right. Yeah, so most important thing, I mean, it really comes down to three things. It's, it's list, copy and creative, and then the offer. And really, if you can get the, if the most important thing is getting the right list. So you could be, you know, a lot of people are out there going, ah, I'm not that great of a copywriter. Well, that's okay. You don't have to be. As long as you've got a good list of prospects, mediocre copy will work to a good list. On the flip side, if you have the best copy in the world, but your list is terrible, you will get zero response. So the list is really king when it comes to the direct mail business. You've got to really work to find that perfect mail list. And of course, the easiest place to start is with your house file or your warm leads, and then you can go out from there and find other things. But um, finding those who are going to be best connected to you first and mailing to them first is your best chance for success. So, Craig, and you know, that's as Dan always says, it's the who. You know, it's, it's more important than the what. So, for yeah. small business owners, do you for the people that you work with, do you do you find you help them get lists, like, or are they just are they just, in other words, they have their own customer list, but do they, how many people want to go beyond that and, um, you know, get a list of prospects? 
Well, I would say the majority of the, the, the businesses that want to go beyond that are larger companies. A lot of small businesses kind of are stuck with their local area, and they really don't have um, the mindset to go out beyond it, even though they could. Um, it's, I mean, there's some really super successful small businesses that are regional that, that dig into the list business and really expand their universe. But um, unfortunately, most small businesses don't go down that path. They should, but they, they choose not to. Um, I'm working with an insurance agent right now, and he's super savvy. He may only cover a small region, but we're written names from Forbes magazine that have um, that are active subscribers that have um, you know incomes over 150,000, and they're married and they're of a certain age. So he's be, he's targeting a very specific group, and I can guarantee no other insurance agent in his area is doing this. So when he shows up in their mailbox, he's going to stand out and look different, and he's going to be like the – he's becoming the expert. He's got a book and all that stuff. So they're going to look at him as the guru in their area, whereas the other insurance agents probably won't go that deep. They probably won't do those kinds of things. So um, you know, if you're willing to put the time and energy into it, the list is, is uh, critical and can really help grow your business no matter what, what size you are. I'm curious, Craig, about um, like the kind of direct mail you were doing 10 years ago versus today or even five years ago. And it may be the same, but I'm curious if um, lump, there's lumpy, but they call lumpy mail. So it's kind of something in the envelope or just letter sized mail or giant postcards are big. Are you doing it all or what's hot right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely doing it all. Um, I'm very selective in what I use. It depends on what, I'm, what my end goal is. You know, if it's a, a regional mailer for a restaurant, I like postcards. If, it's a, if I'm going and trying to sell survival food direct to a cold prospect, I need a long sales letter that's going to explain the process and, and really convert them to the point where, or really sell them to the point to where they're willing to pull out a credit card and spend money. Um, if, uh, if, if I'm trying to drive somebody online to a sales video, I'll usually use their one- or two-page letter or a self-mailer. But really, the industry and niche kind of helps me determine which format I use and how long the copy is. But as far as has it changed in the last five to ten years, not really. Um, how I use the formats may change a bit, but um, the overall copy style and response mechanisms are pretty much the same. And when you say format, what do you, what do you mean by that? So format would be, do I mail an envelope or do I mail a postcard? Okay. Do I mail a a check letter, or do I mail um, a personal letter? Do I mail an invitation piece, that's like a wedding invitation? Or do I mail um, something that looks like a voucher? So there's, there's lots of different formats to pick from, and depending on what your offer is and what you're trying to do, different for formats work better than others. And you know, getting it delivered is one thing, and I think as, we, as you and I both know, direct mail is certainly better getting a deliverability than email but then the next thing is how do you get it open i mean we sort of just broached that subject with um you know that whether it's lumpy or giant postcard or whatever sure. if it looks like something they're either familiar with or yeah. maybe they're inquiring about but what are some of the tips about how to get mail open yeah so so there's let's the main thing is let's talk about an envelope you know that's the one piece you have to open if it's a self mail or postcard you don't have to so how do you get your envelopes open? There's a couple different techniques. One is 
if you don't know what to say to your prospects, do what, uh, what, what uh, Gary Halbert always preached, and that's the blind approach, meaning you make it a plain white envelope with a handwritten address and a live stamp and nothing else. It's so plain, they don't know who it's from. It could be a personal letter from their aunt or their grandma or a relative. They are forced to open it. So that's one strategy. Another one is if you know your let's say you're going to your house list and you know exactly what to say to them. You know what they're thinking about at night before they go to sleep every night. And if it's something that you can address that you know is going to make them hyper-responsive, then you can use that as teaser copy on the outside of the envelope. If there's a burning question or a bold statement, something like that, if you know it's going to grab their attention, then you put teaser copy on the outside. And then the final way I like is sometimes if it mainly this is for business to business, if you're going after a hard to reach audience and a group that you're really going to have to work hard to get their attention, then maybe it's an express mail envelope or a FedEx envelope or a UPS envelope. It's something that's going to express urgency um, like you need to open this right now. So those are a couple different techniques I use for envelopes and I evaluate each one based on you know, who this list is, how hard do I have to work to get them to open the mail piece? And probably some of your uh, prospective clients, one of the pieces of information you probably share that they chagrin is multi-step mail. Oh, you mean I can't just do one? So, oh, yeah. um, you know, Dan used to talk about a three-step mailer. I'm curious, you know, way back in the day, I mean, like, I remember a marketing class when I was in college and said, well, you got to reach out and touch somebody like five times or seven times. It's probably like 35 or 37 times today. Um, yeah. <laughs> how, what, what does a multi-step mailer look like? Is, is three kind of the minimum? Is that pretty effective or how, how many steps do you have? Well, if I'm going to businesses, um, I usually like to do at least two or three steps. Um, if it's in the budget, I'd rather do more than three, but most cases, it's two or three steps of mailing, similar to Dan's magnetic marketing style. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm going to consumers, actually, and I'm going to buyers, I actually only do one step because I can usually get a high enough response rate from that first mailing that um, it makes it, it, it that becomes profitable. Whereas every time you mail the list, usually you get half the response of the first mailer. So let's say your first mailer, you get a 2% response rate generally you'll get a 1% on that second mail or usually get half the response. So if you're selling to consumers um, that have a lower lifetime value, then trying to mail more than once to them might not be cost effective. It might really lower your um, or raise your cost per acquisition to make the point that it's, it's not profitable to you. So you really have to look at who you're going to before you decide how many steps am I going to send to them. Right. So the first thing you mentioned was list, and I think we kind of got that covered. Then copies, the second one. Now, do you help people with copy? Do you have copywriters that work for you, or where, where does that come in, in in your program? Yeah, I have a bunch of different copywriters that I work with. Um, you know, in some projects I've worked with Dean Kennedy, and other projects I've worked with, you know, copywriters no one's ever heard of before. Um, it kind of depends on the project. But, yeah, I've got a whole slew of copywriters I work with. I'm really good at editing copy, but I'm not the guy to put pen to paper. I just have mm-hmm. never been good at actually sitting down and writing. Now, I can edit, but, you know, I don't have the knack for it, as some people do, where I, can, I can't just sit down and write out a sales letter. I'm just not – that's just not my skill set. So 
are there are the different copywriters have skills for b2b or consumer or does somebody who has yeah. who's a good copywriter have that understanding to you know obviously switch up and use different words and terminology yeah great question i mean i think that there's uh, what i've found is that there's some copywriters that specialize in different niches. Some specialize in professional services, and they're really good at writing to attorneys or dentists or doctors. And there's others that are really good at, at writing for financial publishing, you know, for like an Agora Financial type, where they're used to writing long sales letters to persuade um, prospects to buy or subscribe to a newsletter. Um, you have others that are good at selling um, other things, you know, whether it be um, unique widgets or, you know, crazy services. I mean, it's just, I think just depending on the product, there's a lot of copywriters who specialize in specific areas. And if you're going out looking for a copywriter, you want to find one that's written in your niche before. You don't want them to, you, you don't want to be the first guy that they're like writing for. You want them to have had experience in other areas. I mean, in that specific area in the past, hopefully. One of the, um, you know, I think when uh, Bill Glazer sold, you know, his part of the company, I, I stopped going to the event. So it's been a while, but I think the last event that I went to, Dan did a, um, Dan did a, did a program on copywriting. And one of the things I, I remember him saying was slow down the sale, <laughs> you know, which, you know, Hey, I'm Jim. Do you want to buy my expensive program? You know, yeah. going right for the jugular. Um, so with, is, is it like that with copy? I mean, obviously you want to take people from a, this, how you doing? This is who I am. This is why it matters. And I mean, you know, uh, it's probably a multifaceted question I'm asking, but, you know, what, yeah, no, what is the role question. of copywriting in direct mail? Is it to get them to respond to make a phone call, or are you actually taking them to an offer? Or? Yeah, you know, it, uh, again, it depends on what, what your goal is. Um, I have one client that sells solar generators, and it's an 80-page sales letter called Prospects. We have to say a lot of things in order to get them to spend $1,500 to buy solar generators through the mail. Um, you know, I have other clients that are just trying to sell a course on how to, how to um, you know, use VRBO to make money, um, you know, and so it, but they're driving them to an online video to watch before they make the sale so they can get away with like a two-page letter. Um, really, the process comes down to what it is you want them to do. What's the end result? Are you asking them to pull out their credit card? And how much are you wanting them to spend? So the more you're asking them to do, the longer the letter has to be. If you're, there's a low barrier to entry, it's free information, you can go find that more online, that can be a much shorter sales, uh, sales letter than the longer one where you're really trying to have to convince them to spend all this money through their, with their credit card. So um, the, the, what you're offering them really determines the length of the letter. Do you, in your, um, and I, again, this, I'm curious if it's changed in the last five or 10 years, using offline, which is, you know, direct mail to send people online or where do you, yeah. if not, and if not, where do you send them? Yeah. No, I would say probably about 40% of the mailings I send out, we're driving prospects online for more information. You know, we've got, I've got some clients who are really good online and they've put together a great webinar or um, a great sales video online. And so they know if we can get them there, then they'll be able to convert them or, or have a really high conversion rate. So there's a good chunk of campaigns where I'm just driving the prospect online to get more information. Now I still have to write a page or two of copy to get them there, 
But once they're there, they have a very high close rate, and we find that those that come from direct mail and are driven online uh, end up spending more money on the back end than people who come from online and stay online. So our direct mail buyers are still um, have the highest lifetime values of any other media source. Gotcha. I have about five minutes left. I want to ask you about um, books. It's certainly something I promote, and I've written seven and help my clients write books. And um, what has the book? What is being an author? What has that done for your own business, Craig? Boy, I mean, I can't say enough about them. As far as you know, that it it blew up my business when I wrote my first book. It was um, beyond what I could imagine. Um, what's funny, you know, what I imagined was I would sit back and I'd collect big royalty checks. And I realized <laughs> yeah. you get no checks. <laughs> I realized you don't get very big royalty checks. You get no money well, from the royalty. You get an email that says Amazon just sent you $8.32. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, that, was, that surprised me. I thought I was sitting back thinking I'd be on the beach collecting, you know, sipping a margarita, collecting royalty checks. That didn't happen. But what did happen is I had a lot of people uh, read my books view me as the expert and say, you know what, your information is great, but I don't want to do it. I'd rather you do it for me. And so it's given me this great, um, great lead source of bringing in qualified prospects who then want to do business with me. And they're pre-sold because I don't have to go and have them, you know, get a bunch of references and call other businesses and say, hey, have you worked with Craig? Do you like him? Is he good? Instead, they've got the book and they've read it and they believe in what I do. And so they're like pre-sold when they show up. Um, so having the book has been phenomenal. Or, um, I, I highly recommend it for anyone who does not have one is to get a book, write a book. It's so worth it. I think uh, my first three books, which did fine, but I know – uh, I probably reached about half potential because when I finished writing the books, and this is my my uh, full disclosure, I thought I was done. And by the time you, when you actually finish your book, you're only halfway done because you got to promote the heck out of it, and it's oh, not yeah. it's not an email. So I mean, I, I definitely did so much more promotion with my with my other books. Kind of had a good friend of mine. I don't know if you know Melanie Benson, but um, real good friend of mine, and she was such a believer in the books so because Jim Palmer. If you don't promote this book, I'm not going to talk to you for a year. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I get, it. I'll do it, I'll step up. But so, <laughs> I mean, how much promotion did you do with your book? I mean, you were big in the GKIC world. Did you do direct mail, oh, or yeah. what did you do? I did everything I could. So yes, I mean, I spent uh, weeks doing podcasts and interviews and webinars and writing and submitting articles to publications and. Um, Oh, it was just, as you said, it was just as much work, if not more, promoting it than it was um, writing it. I mean, the writing, it was nice because it was on my own schedule when I wanted. But when it came to promotion, I was, you know, up all hours of the day and night promoting it, um, trying to get the word out. So, yeah, it was a lot of work, and it was a lot of, of um, manual labor. You know, it wasn't easy, but it was sure worth it. Yeah. What what were the, what were you think were the top one or two tactics that you used to promote it? I mean, did you go out and speak, or I needed podcast interviews, things like that? Were were, were did you do anything that was more successful than yeah, speaking? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. For me, I mean, I did do some speaking too, which I'm not a great public speaker, but I did some presentations and that worked. But really, my best was the teleseminars or the the webinars um, where I went. Um, where I was being interviewed by somebody who had a following and they endorsed it. And so then all the people on their list would go and buy it because the guru 
that was interviewing me was saying, yeah, go buy Craig's book. And so that worked out phenomenal for me. That was really uh, one of the best sources. The other thing I did that that was, and everyone does it differently, but something that worked really well for me is I had a sales funnel set up so that when you buy my book, forward me a receipt, and then when, the receipt, when they forward it to an email address, it automatically sent them an email and gave them access to a bunch of free bonuses. So I used these bonuses to help get people to buy the book. And so um, in my second book that I did with Brian Kurtz, um, the, the Advertising Solution, we had all these, you know, if you bought the book and forward us the receipt, they could go and get access to this website that had great videos from Gary Halbert, um, mm. great swipe um, articles and sales pieces from 50 years ago that, you know, maybe John Caples wrote or David Ogilvie wrote. Um, that you could use as examples, or free books. So we had all these freebies so that it made the price of the book of whatever it is, $17, $18, it made it seem like nothing because of we were giving away so much great value in the bonuses that would cost you close to $1,000 to go find and buy if you wanted to. So that was one way that we really made buying the book a sweet deal and, and gave people a lot of resources to access you know, before they bought the, or before they even started reading the book, or after they read the book, whenever they wanted, they had all these great choices to pick from. Um, so I felt like that was a great, um, helpful part in selling books. Yeah, I got a, I got a jet here in a second, but I want to see. Were you, were you at the GKIC event when Joe Polish? He did a presentation. And then his pitch at the end was for Gary Halbert's um, XXX recordings. Yep, and he did the actual. The close was on video. Yes. Wasn't that amazing? That was phenomenal. I, mean, I, I bought that. that I, I happened to be sitting in the back of the room on the right by the table. I was one of the first people up there. <laughs> I'm like, that was, and that was like, I think to this day, the biggest table rush and the biggest, the most sales they've ever had. But that, that, I think that, so. is that was incredible. such an amazing program. I've listened to that a dozen times. But anyway, what a fun interview, Craig. Thank you so much for coming on my program. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And, and how can people uh, connect with you, learn more about um, how you might be able to help them with your uh, expertise in direct mail? Yeah, the best thing is just to go to my website, which is simpson-direct.com, simpson-direct.com. There's a bunch of different ways to contact me and information on there. And that's the best uh, way to first contact me is probably through the website. Awesome. Thanks again, Craig. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Craig Simpson. You're going to want to listen to this one again. Hit the rewind button. There's a lot, lot of good information there. Connect with Craig at simpson-direct.com. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure you get one of the last 12 tickets to my event, Dream Business Academy in Orlando. It's February 13th and 14th, dreambusinessacademy.com, dreambusinessacademy.com. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.